Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. The Cure for Murder. You say pastor. Now that is the strangest title I've ever heard. What is this all about? If you haven't noticed, we live in a season of rage where hurting people do what hurting people do, and that is they hurt people. Today's devotion, if applied, could soothe the rage that some feel. This could bring peace to the hearts of those hurting. This could bring resolution to the minds of decision makers. This could cause justice to flow like a healing stream into our hearts and lands. This week, we're following the theme of overcoming. And I want to take you a couple of places today. First, let's go to the cradle of civilization. And second, I want to take you to the country of Japan. And finally, I want to speak to you directly to you and to me and this community of faith. The sixth commandment says, thou shalt not kill. That's how Exodus 20:13 reads in the King James Version. Most other translations say, you shall not murder. Because kill in this verse is intentional, premeditated slaying. The unjust wars, the criminal negligence, not accidents, murder. A word about the Ten Commandments. We normally picture five on one side of the tablet and five on the other, yet they were probably divided four and six. The first four commandments deal with our love for God, and the next six commandments deal with our love for our fellow man. In this, we see the great of the greatest commandments, to love God and to love others. And so the commandment to not murder involves us and our love for fellow man. Of course, we have the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. We operate by that higher law, that royal law of love. The Spirit of God has given us a heart of flesh, not a tablet of stone. God has put His nature within us. His character is inscribed upon our hearts. It's in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, you have heard it said, thou shalt not kill. But I I say to you, if you're angry with your brother without cause, If you say someone is good for nothing and worthless, you are in danger of hellfire because God is concerned about the rage within. So we may not have killed someone yet, but when our hearts are set on fire with rage, when we plot and scheme and delight in someone else's downfall, when we view other people as outcasts or our enemies, we are not portraying the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. We normally say the first murder in the Bible was fratricide, a brother killing brother, Cain slaying Abel. Abel had the favor of God. His sacrifice was accepted. Cain did not receive God's favor. His sacrifice was rejected. So the first murder was how one person reacted to another who experienced the favor of God. Stop and think about that. Why is it that believers are more tolerant sometimes of the loss than they are with their own brother and their own sister? They perceive the favor of God resting upon someone else and 
It just gets into their spirits. Notice this about the first murder. It was brother against brother. And yet, this probably was not the first murder. You remember when Jesus faced off with the people who wanted to kill him in John 7? Jesus said of Satan in John 8, 44, he was a murderer from the beginning. From the book of beginnings, we read about Satan disguised as a serpent. And remember, through his temptation of Adam and Eve, death entered into the world. A spiritual death embraced those made in the image of God. And that death has been passed on from generation to generation. We are born in sin. We are born liars, born thieves, born displeasing to God, enemies of God, born murderers. We have to choose to be children of the devil are children of the Lord. Keep the nature given to us or be partakers of the divine nature. Transformed by the Holy Spirit, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Hear me carefully. You and I are no match for the enemy of our souls by ourselves. We need the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need your fellow believers. You need the household of faith the community of faith. And so to illustrate that, let's go to Japan. Do you remember not long ago when everyone was concerned in America about the murder hornet? The giant Asian hornet had been destroying honeybees in Japan. Honeybees are crucial, not just to flowering plants, but to the food supply of the world. The giant Asian hornet can grow to nearly two inches long. It's called the murder hornet because it will attack honeybees, basically cutting them in half and devouring them, their hives, their young. Much larger than a honeybee, the honeybee is largely defenseless against the hornet alone. But Japanese honeybees have learned how to defeat the murder hornet. They know they can't do it alone. They know they need each other. So when a murder hornet comes into a honeybee hive, Honeybees converge on the hornet by the dozens and by the hundreds, flapping their wings, raising the heat to an astonishing 116 degrees, such that the murder hornet cannot withstand that heat and it perishes. The cure for murder, well, that's found in our togetherness. Alone, we cannot withstand the enemy. Together, we can conquer him. The Bible calls this powerful unity fellowship, koinonia in the Greek, that the early church continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, but also in fellowship. We need one another. No man is an island to himself. Alone, you and I are open prey to the enemy of our souls, but together we've got more than a fighting chance. That's why when you read verses like Ecclesiastes 4.12, they just minister to you. Alone, you may be overpowered, but two can resist, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Satan preys on solitude. He preys on the person who's trying to make it all by himself or herself. And in this disturbing time, in this day of rage in our world, where we need one another so desperately because it's in that community. It's in that brotherly kindness. It's in getting together with the people of God 
that the rage begins to melt. The cure for murder, indeed. It's not breaking down into separate groups. It's not finding what's wrong with this one, what's wrong with that one. But it's in uniting one with another and saying, I need you. You need me. We're part of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this day and age of rage, we need the body of Christ like none other. We need to get in one mind and with one accord. That's how the church was born. Where two or three gathered together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's here. He is in our midst. And we can withstand the enemy of hate. Yes, I've moved into that third area. We've gone to Mesopotamia. We've gone to Japan. But now I want to ask you, I want to ask you, how can we cure the hatred in our own heart? We can't do it by ourselves. We must lock arms, arms of love with someone who is struggling and stand and fight with them. Every Moses needs an Aaron and a Miriam. Every Barak needs a Deborah. Every Elijah needs an Elisha. Every Paul needs a Silas. Every Barnabas, a John Mark. Every Aquila needs a Priscilla. We need one another. Notice the parallels and the differences between what David said and what the Apostle Paul said. David said, this one thing I know God is for me. But Paul said, if God be for us, who can be against us? Notice the plurality that Paul used there. We are individual members of the one body of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we are as a fitly framed house. We need one another. We do not make up the entirety of the body of Christ individually. We cannot make it through this life in this day in this day of rage, without one another. I used to think it was just sufficient to say that it was God and God alone who worked on me. When I prayed, God would answer and God would tell me what to do and he would fix whatever was wrong. But I learned long ago that the instrumentation that God uses quite often is other people. When I ask God to answer a prayer, he sends me people people with a word, people who can share something with me, people who can direct me in my time of need. When Paul lay blinded in Damascus, reaching out for God, crying out for God, God seems to say, you had your encounter with me on the Damascus road, but from this point forward, I need to teach you how I respond to most needs. And God sent Ananias to Paul. We don't hardly know anything about Ananias except he heard from God. He went to Paul. He objected because he knew Paul's murderous intent. But Ananias became aware of what God was doing, and he went. Ananias' name means grace. Grace in human form came to the apostle Paul. Grace with hands and feet. Grace to baptize Paul. Grace to lay hands on Paul. We need one another to experience this lasting change. We have moved from if God is for me to if God is for us. Alone, Judas fell. 
alone Simon Peter fell. Alone you and I will fall. We need one another. And that's the cure in this day of rage and hatred and anxiety. The cure for murder in people's hearts is to fall in love again with not only the Lord Jesus Christ, not only the first four of the Ten Commandments, but the last six of the Ten Commandments to fall in love with our neighbor once again and with one another. Loving God, that is crucial. That is the greatest commandment. It comes first before anything else, and it keeps us from all forms of idolatry. But it's loving others. That comes second, the second greatest commandment. Because in loving others, in showing compassion one for another, we learn to see the face of the Lord Jesus Christ in each other's face. It's when we love our enemies and we pray for them. It's when we pick up the wounded man on the Jericho Road. It's when we care about people regardless of socioeconomic status, education level, race or background. It's when murder leaves our heart. And that's when we find the power to withstand the enemy. Together, we need to lock arms as we do in this devotion each day to withstand the tempter and to stand in this evil day and to see our God cover our hearts and cover this whole world with his grace. He's at work amongst us. Let's overcome the hurt and the hate in our own hearts and lives and be victorious in Jesus' name. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. The book on prayer is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.